Welcome to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. This bi-weekly podcast is designed to be a safe space to admit what we truly believe in our hearts. We all know the difference between just having biblical knowledge floating around in our heads and actually believing that it's true. Until God's truth makes its way into our hearts, nothing changes. We'll be doing a mix of solo episodes and interviews with friends who have experienced the freedom that comes when head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. We'll talk about overcoming lies in our relationships, mental health struggles, and the way we see ourselves. The truth will set you free so that you can walk every day in the freedom God desires for you. It's time to let go of the pressures, insecurities, and burdens. That's not yours to carry. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham, and today is another solo episode. So I'm thankful you guys are here tuning into just my voice. No guest today. I am the guest and the host. I am double booked, really. But I did another solo episode two episodes ago. So it was entitled, Why Can't I Just Be Happy? Anxiety About Good Things and Foreboding Joy. So you can go ahead and listen to that one if you want to do that first. And then the last episode was with my friend Jillian Howell, and it was so good. It was about overseas missions. In case you want to pause this, go ahead, take a break, listen to those, and come back to this one. I won't mind. But let me say a few fun facts about myself since it's just me here. I feel like I need to make new fun facts every time I do a solo episode now, and I just don't want to keep saying the same ones over and over. So fun fact number one. I don't know if this is like a recent obsession of mine, but I really love Avril Lavigne's music. (laughs) Okay, this girl is just so angsty. Her music has been out since the early 2000s. I just am loving it right now. It's the kind of angst that you play when you have the windows rolled down on a road trip. I just, I can't stop playing her albums. I don't know. Maybe it's just a phase. I'm unsure. Oh, and the song... I am currently obsessed with is Sea Shanty Medley by Home Free. (laughs) And I discovered this because one of my friends, we were just driving in the car and she was like, oh my gosh, put on that pirate song. And I was like, what are you talking about? And so she played this song and I, first of all, thought that she was crazy. I was like, a pirate, it must have introduced you to this song. It's literally a sea shanty. But I listened to it, and now I can't get it out of my head. It's so freaking good. And then the show that I'm currently watching and loving and would recommend to anyone who enjoys any kind of medical show is The Good Doctor because, wow, if you want to go on an emotional roller coaster of a show, you just need to watch one episode of this show. So, yeah, there are some fun facts for you. So, usually on this show, we ask the question, what have I been set free from? And I'm actually going to change this question for this episode to what is God currently setting me free from? Because this one is a little fresh. I feel like this is something that's been going on for quite a few months, maybe four plus months, but it still feels fresh to me. It feels like I'm not perfect at it in any way. It feels like it's just what God's showing me and it's it's changing everything for me. So I really wanted to share it. And hopefully it will help someone who's listening and help them understand. And maybe you guys are thinking the same exact thing. I don't know. We'll see what happens. So 
What is God currently setting me free from? He's setting me free from an unfulfilling and skewed definition of success. Early in this year, aka 2022, I watched this movie called The Eyes of Tammy Faye. And I'll give you just a brief synopsis of this movie so you can understand what the heck I'm talking about. But Tammy Faye Baker was married to Jim Baker, and this couple was basically pioneers in starting the televangelist movement, and this was in the 1970s and 80s. So this couple loved the Lord, did ministry, and then they moved into televangelism. They became very wealthy. They moved towards more prosperity gospel teachings, and the movie is basically this story of their real lives. These are real people, and they basically just watched their ministry fall apart from the seams, and Jim was accused of fraud and had been cheating on Tammy Faye. He was in prison. They basically lost everything that they had, which was through PTL Ministry, aka Praise the Lord Ministries. And the story does have a lot of hope in it, so I'm not going to say like it was really depressing and just a sad story and no one should watch it. Would I recommend it? Mm, yeah, if you like true sad stories. So the movie was about kind of redeeming Tammy Faye's character, but the overall story is just two people who I believe had real relationships with the Lord at first, but the love of money and hunger for more power and recognition just choked out that seed. And so the movie was really well done, just saying. But after I watched it, for like two days straight afterwards, I was just thinking about it. And I just felt heavy because I was thinking like, wow, they loved God at first. And they were doing ministry and yet still lost sight of their first love. Which is a terrifying thought. It is a terrifying thought that you could be doing all the right things you could be wealthy, you could have a family, you could have a great job, you could have a successful ministry, you could be discipling others, and yet still fall out of love with Jesus. It reminded me of this quote I saw in a book about prayer I was reading, and it said, sometimes we get so caught up in the work of the Lord that we forget the Lord of the work. That has really stayed with me since I watched that movie of like, yep, that's exactly what happened. They got so caught up in the work of the Lord that they forgot God himself. And that got me thinking about my life and how I define success. Because you could have looked at Tammy Faye Baker and Jim Baker at that time in their prime years and been like, yeah, they're successful. They have all they need. But even that fell apart. And even that wasn't true success. So I just started thinking like, how do I define success? And would I say that I'm successful? It obviously matters to me that I'm successful because I don't want to waste my life. So I just started paying attention to my thoughts and how I think about my life. So I would just pay attention as these thoughts would run across my brain. And as I paid attention more, I just heard thoughts like, I should be somewhere else doing something else. I'll get there one day. What if I stay here too long? I should be doing more so I can earn more money. Does what I'm doing even matter? What are others thinking when I tell them about my life? And these thoughts, 
I wish I could say that they were all just about one area of my life, but they were just kind of scattered over different areas of my life, like jobs, money, house, friends, church, etc., marriage, whatever it may be. These thoughts were just kind of like sprinkled in there in those different areas and things that I would actually accomplish and be proud of. Sometimes they would just be followed by the thought of, yeah, but it's not blank. So fill in the blank with whatever that may be. It's not good enough. It's not the best it could be. It's not exactly where I want to be yet. Basically thoughts of discontentment in a way. And the world is always telling us what we should be wanting. You turn on any streaming service for more than five minutes and you'll probably get a commercial. Well, depending on if you pay to take out those commercials or not. But you'll see a commercial about, you know, buying real estate, getting a bigger house, getting more money, more status, buy this product, you need this, this will make your life better. It's literally everywhere in our advertising, no matter where you go. And then a scenario in real life is when people ask you, so what's next? You know, like what you tell them what you're doing in life currently. And then there are some follow up questions about, okay, well, you know, what's next? You know, people ask you, so are you guys going to move? Like, do you want to stay there? How much you make? Like, when do you want kids? I mean, so what's next for you? <laughs> and all these things about next. They're all about next steps. And those questions are not inherently wrong or bad. I have not gotten mad at anyone who has asked me those things. Sometimes they're just curious and sometimes they're just making conversation. It's not wrong to to want things for your future or have dreams or goals either. Those are really good, but it is wrong if those dreams for the future turn into discontentment for the present. And that's what I found was kind of happening where my mental state would be somewhere in the unknown and ambiguous future. And I was looking at what's right in front of me in my life. And I was like, well, this just isn't enough, you know? And the thing is that success, according to the world standards, they just keep moving the finish line. Whatever you do in life, if you make this X amount of dollars, if you get this job, if you have a kid, if you get married, if you do this thing, whatever it is, people will just keep asking you what's next. I remember when my husband and I were going through premarital counseling, something when we were talking about the topic of money really stuck to me. And it was like something like we can say what enough money is, but enough is never enough. No matter what season of life you're in, what you define as enough money will always be changing. And it's always relative to the person too and what they think they want or need. And I've just been realizing more and more that the definition of success that Jesus gives is so drastically different from ours. It's like a night and day difference. So let me give you some examples. We hear the world say, hustle until you reach your goals or until you burn out, either one. But Jesus says, be faithful in your work and take a Sabbath. Those are different things, completely different things. We hear the world say, climb the corporate ladder and take down anyone who gets in your way. And then Jesus says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The world says, make as much money as you can. And Jesus says, store your treasures in heaven for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
the world will say, get recognized. Make sure people know your name. And the Bible says, he, as in God, must increase and I must decrease. Those are completely opposite things, people. In one of these scenarios, I just keep hustling and I achieve, achieve, achieve. And then on the other hand, I am fulfilled by one person. One person who can truly fill the hole in my heart. But those two things look so drastically different that sometimes we're afraid to not care what the world thinks anymore, not care what people say about us, and just pursue Jesus and what he says is a fulfilling life. One life-changing thing I've learned is that it's not about numbers. We measure so much of our lives in numbers. And it just never is going to be about numbers, even in ministry, because I need to live for an audience of one, literally just one person. This goes not just for the typical numbers that we think of, like this is how much my house cost, this is how much money I make, this is how much my bills are, this is how much I gave to this charity, whatever. The success of your ministry Even that is not dependent on numbers, like how many people showed up to an event, how many people checked yes to, I said yes to Jesus today on a card, how many hours you prayed, how much time you put into Bible translating, how many resources you published, how many people bought your book, etc., etc. We treat this all sometimes like it's a time card, but we cannot punch a time card with God because he's looking at our hearts. It's not about the hours that you clock in. It's about your heart. And so I'm just at a place in my life where I'm realizing more and more how much I've measured my life in numbers and how unfulfilling that is. I will literally never reach a number that I'm like, yes, I am satisfied with this for the rest of my life because that number will just keep changing. But I'm just at a place where I was like, I need to start measuring my life by kingdom standards not by the world's, because I'll always lose if I do that. Exhibit A, I write my New Year's resolutions every year. And every year, I meet more and more people who hate New Year's resolutions. I get it. You have all year to make goals. Why wait for the new year? And New Year, New Me is just a marketing scam. I know. But I just love goal setting so much that I just love excuses to make new goals. So I make them every year. And I just have a confession, my New Year's resolutions this year, I just noticed, reflect some things that I wanted to achieve, but in my mind, there's like this ladder in my imagination that it's like each position I get needs to be greater. This year needs to be greater than the last one, but how I'm defining greater is not necessarily kingdom definition of greater. It's more kind of like the phrase that we use, like climbing the corporate ladder, And I don't want to be great in that way. I want to be great, literally defined by Jesus himself. And so I wrote all my New Year's resolutions again, crossed off the old ones, wrote new ones because I just don't want to be successful by what my own flawed definition of success is. I want to be successful by kingdom standards, which includes something that I've had a hard time doing probably my whole life, but I've noticed that I always seem to separate 
what is holy from what is less than. It's not necessarily that it's unholy, but I think that a lot of us can struggle with this of thinking like, well, this position has to be greater in the kingdom because it's it's literally directly involved with ministry and this one isn't, so it's therefore less than. But that's not the way that God calls us to live. So I could probably look at someone who's, let's say, going overseas as a missionary and assume that they are more successful than fill in the blank, a stay-at-home mom. But we as mere humans are in no place to judge who is more holy than thou. Like we are never in a place to judge that based on our job position, our title, our status, what other people think of us, because it's a heart matter. And we have no completely accurate way of knowing because only God knows what's in each heart. We could say, well, a youth pastor is more successful in the kingdom of God than a janitor. But again, that is not for us to judge. And is God in every moment of our lives? Yes. Is God holy? Yes. Can every moment be holy? I really think it can. I really don't think we're supposed to have this sacred, secular divide in our lives because that leads us to judgment. It always leads us to say, well, this is better than that. We could even take two different people with the same job. So let's say there are two different people and both are youth pastors. They could be doing the same exact job with completely different hearts, completely different motives, intentions, and attitudes while they're doing the same exact job. But it is our heart that God judges. It's not the job position that we have or the connections we have, or the money that we make. It's how we love God in the midst of it. It's how we love people in the midst of it. So because of that, I've just been realizing that most holy moments are not the most grandiose moments. Even in Matthew 6, where Jesus teaches people how to pray, he says, go into your closet alone. (laughs) Alone which is so opposite of how the world tells us what to, how to do things because the world says like make sure people see you make sure they know your name make sure you get recognized make sure you have the right connections but that is not kingdom where do we get these ideas from in those moments where we're by ourselves doing something purely for God with God and no one else is around i feel like that is where our heart is really revealed for what it is That even reminds me of the story in the Bible where a Pharisee is outside the temple and he's surrounded by people and he's praying to God, but he's praying these very loud, elegant prayers that sound beautiful, but he's praying loudly so that other people can hear him and think good thoughts about him. But on the other hand, there was a man who just prayed this really simple, quiet prayer and he just said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And God honored his prayer more because the kingdom of God is about your heart. And it's about what's really at the core of who you are, not just this person that you present to other people. And it's not this long list of accomplishments that you put on your job resume and you say, here are all the things that I've done for the kingdom of God. Thank you. That won't get you very far. Let's say you're serving God, but no one else is around 
No one knows you are doing that. No one gives you credit for it. It's only you and God. It could be easy to slip into comparison in those ways. It could be easy to say, well, this person just posted on Instagram how they're doing all these great things for the Lord. And and then you look at your life and you're like, no one sees that I'm doing these things behind the scenes. No one recognizes me for that. And this person just got a thousand likes on this post or whatever. People see her. People see him. They know what they're doing. It's just where your heart is revealed. What obviously mattered to you in that moment, if you're thinking those things, is you care that someone sees you doing those good things. You care that someone is recognizing your good works. But on the other hand, if you're okay doing things in secret, if you're okay just serving God when no one else sees you doing those things, and that is enough fulfillment for you that the Lord sees your heart, then you are content and secure in what he's called you to do. Believe me, I love being organized just as much as the next person, but I have found a pattern in my life when I try to use a basic planner. It goes like this. I'm going strong, writing down what I need to do until Thanksgiving comes around. And then I forget the planner exists until the new year. In January, I'm committed and excited to get organized, but once March hits, I can't even find the thing anymore. Have you ever experienced this? Do you ever feel like you want to get organized but just don't have the time to? Let me tell you about Life in Order. Life in Order is a business that makes 100% customized bullet journals to help set you up to thrive in your goals, business, relationships, and personal growth. My bullet journal has been a game changer for me, and the best part about it was that it was already set up for what I personally needed in my life. Now I can keep track of how much water I drink and how often I'm journaling. I also requested to put a page in there specifically dedicated to honeybees because who doesn't need more honeybees in their life? You can find Life in Order's products on Etsy.com today to get your own bullet journal set up for your unique lifestyle. You can also use the code JENNY15, that's J-E-N-N-Y-1-5, to get 15% off your personalized journal today. So I highly encourage you, Take initiative to order one and your future self will personally come back to you of today and thank you. The possibility will always be there that you could look at someone else's life and be like, I want that instead of what I have. But you will only be content in the areas of your life that you practice contentment in. So this might seem like a no-brainer, but the grass isn't greener on the other side it's green where you water it what's crazy is that we serve a god who literally came down and said i'm gonna give the world a savior and a king and then sent this little baby that was so helpless and couldn't do anything for himself and that just doesn't make sense when we look through it with our own human eyes So that just shows us what is really valuable in the kingdom of God. It's not necessarily that someone sees your good works and recognizes you for that and gives you credit in public or gives you a compliment about it. It's not in what other people think about what you're doing. If you actively practice contentment over the things in your life that God has given you, 
the temptation to compare will just get less and less with time. And the thing is, everyone's path that they take in life is so different. It is very rare that someone's life goes from point A to point B to point C, especially when you're a follower of Jesus. Everyone's path is uniquely for them, and they're not going to look the same. So it would just be a dangerous trap for you to fall into if you start comparing yourself to someone else. Something I've been realizing a lot is that so many of the areas of my life where I'm like, well, it's not exactly where I want to be, or I could be here for a little bit, but maybe not forever, you know, where I'm just not fully happy with that area of my life. Those areas of my life are just in little seed form. So many things in life we plant in the ground and then God brings growth to them as we continue to water it and be thankful for it and build contentment there. A lot of the things that I'm like, well, you know, it's not exactly where I want to be yet or whatever. They're just in seeds and seeds will bloom. Not every season of our life is just planting more and more seeds. Why would we do that if the seeds don't grow? That's another reason why comparison is so dangerous because you could be comparing your seed that you just planted a month ago to someone's large field that they planted 10 years ago. You're at different places and that's okay. So if you're sitting here and you're saying, Jenny, I understand, I know what you're saying, but what do I do about this? I think that we should be doing regular heart checks because these have actually been a game changer is that heart checks are vital to heart health if something is off in your heart and you just keep going you're like maybe it'll go away if I don't pay attention to it that problem will only get worse it always happens like that so let me ask you these questions and just close your eyes unless you're driving or walking and just imagine if these scenarios happen in your life and how you would feel let's say you have this person that you're mentoring and they come up to you, they just ask you for a piece of advice because they don't know what to do in a situation. So you give them some advice and they run with it. And that piece of advice changes their whole life. Like they are completely different. That situation is solved and resolved and they are helping other people with it now. And one day you're in church, okay? And they get up on stage and they say a testimony of how this piece of advice really changed their whole life. And then they say, pick a name. I'm just going to pick the name Greg, okay? We'll say Greg is not your name. I apologize if Greg is your name because I'm not talking about you. But let's say they give credit for that piece of advice to Greg who's standing right next to you. And they forget it was you that gave them that piece of advice. They went up there. They said, this was amazing. My life has completely changed. And it's all thanks to Greg. He's so wise. And then everyone claps for Greg. (laughs) How do you feel? Do you feel angry? Or maybe jealous? Or would you just be grateful that God has moved in his life? Would you just be grateful that God has worked in him so much that he's experienced such victory, this person that you're mentoring? Another scenario, exhibit B. Let's say you did something really kind and generous, okay? But you did it in secret. So let's say you went to church and you scrubbed all the toilets super clean. Like all night you did this and then you came back the next morning for service. But then 
the pastor goes in the bathroom. He sees that everything's clean. He's like, oh my gosh, this was amazing. It was Jan. We're just going to attribute the name to Jan, okay? I'm so sorry. If your name is Jan, this is not for you. So he attributes the credit to Jan in front of everyone. He says, Jan stayed up all night and she cleaned every toilet in this building. Isn't that amazing? Everyone give a clap for Jan. How would you feel? Would you feel robbed? Do you feel like that was some kind of injustice? Would you tell the pastor it was actually you? Or would you just be like, you know, it doesn't really matter. I did it because I just love to serve and I just wanted to do it for God and for other people. It's like we forget that God sees us and he sees our every intention. You didn't do something for nothing when you don't get recognized for it. You still did it and it was still unto the Lord. You do it just because you love him, not because someone's going to give you credit for it or you're going to get recognized. One of my pet peeves, my worst pet peeves in the world, this situation has happened more than two times in my life, okay? It may seem very specific, but it has happened quite a lot. (laughs) So one of my biggest pet peeves is when you and some other people are with someone who has, we'll say, some sort of influence, some sort of power. Like they are a leader of something, you recognize them, they have a following, some kind of influence, whatever it may be. This could be the leader of a ministry, a well-known speaker. It could be the president of the United States. It could be a founder of a business, whatever. And I just despise when one person around that person of influence is just kissing up to them like there is no tomorrow. Like they're the only one talking with them. They want all their attention. They want to just be around that person. They want to get recognized. I just, that's, that presses a button in me (laughs) because I'm like, listen, if you're not going to be authentic, I don't want to be here. It bothers me so much that there is no pure desire in them to know this leader for who they really are. They just want to know this person for how it will benefit them. Knowing them will get them some kind of recognition or influence or some kind of connection they can use on later. It's like, what can this person of influence offer you that God has not already given you? You're a child of God. He provides for you. He loves you unconditionally. He opens doors that no man can shut. You just have to ask yourself the question, which really matters more to me? Do I care what others think of me more than what God thinks of me? And which do I want more? Do I want to be successful in the world's definition of success? Or do I want to be successful for kingdom standards? And I just want to say, I have experienced this and and I know from watching other people do it too, is that when you live successful by kingdom standards, people will misunderstand you. And that's okay. <laughs> you don't have to live up to other people's expectations You need to ask yourself, did I do what God was telling me to do? When you die, what is going to matter? What are you going to leave behind? The only question that will truly matter in the end of your life is, did I do what God asked me to do? 
And we can look at Jesus in his life and especially in his last three years on this earth, which were just pure ministry. He was misunderstood all the time. And people just thought like, this isn't the type of king I wanted. I didn't want this guy. I wanted someone who was going to deliver me from the Romans. And I wanted someone who was going to seem powerful and, and put them back in their place. But that's not who he is. He is lowly and gentle. Yes, he is king and powerful. He is also kind. And he is also a man of justice and love. He cares more about people than he does about money. He cares more about what God thinks of him than what anyone else thinks of him. That's the character of Jesus. And I want to be like that. I'm going to read something that I wrote in, I think about January. So beginning of the year. Yes, I do a lot of things annually. It's just how it works. But besides New Year's resolutions, I wrote this little list and I do this every year of, I just write at the top of the page, I want to be a woman who dot dot dot. And then whatever it is for that year, just little bullet points under, I want to be a woman who, so this year I wrote four things. I wrote, I want to be a woman who knows what a gift to the world she is. I want to be a woman who does not worry about tomorrow, but delights in the gift of today that God has given her. I want to be a woman who is satisfied in Jesus, no matter what season of life she's in. And I want to be a woman who seeks his face first on her knees in prayer as her problem solver, mighty counselor, provider, miracle worker, and friend. To sum it all up, I just want to be a kingdom-minded woman. So if you can relate to any of that, I would love to hear your feedback and comments of how you have struggled with comparison or just not being kingdom-minded, how you define success. I just hope this helped you in some way as I'm sharing my raw thoughts with you. Just leave a comment or message me on Instagram, anything like that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Head to Heart Podcast. It's a joy to record them and a joy to have you listen. If you have any topics in mind you'd like us to cover, go ahead and send us a message on Instagram. The handle is head to heart underscore podcast. Make sure you subscribe as a way of making sure you never miss an episode. And if you would be so kind, go ahead and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps out the show so much when you do. We'll be releasing episodes to you every other Friday. So stay tuned and thanks for joining us. Thank you.